Hey guys, and welcome to a very special edition of our videos. Uh, this is going to be a segment that we're going to we're going to call "Those Guys Geek Out About," and today we are going to geek out about comic book games. Uh, Jason, shows that we were shows. Game, shows. Oh, I said shows. I said games. Shows, comic book shows. So we're going to geek out about that today. We're going to talk about you know what we like, what we hate. Uh, where, how far we've come, you know, just different things about these shows. I have to, first of all, apologize um, for anybody who's seen our posts over the past uh, couple of weeks that uh, I was asking for feedback, but thanks to good old Facebook land, I wasn't able to get that feedback because for some reason the posts have gone. I don't know where they went, but either way, I do apologize, but I did manage to keep some of the senses of what you guys were talking about in the post, so the people who did post, it's not all going to be for naught. I did get an idea of what you guys have, but we're going to talk about that towards the very end. So I'm going to get Jason to kick this one off with our, what are we first going to talk about, Jason? Well, let's talk a bit about uh, the history of these these shows. Probably, I mean, comic book shows have probably been around a little bit longer than people uh, realize, uh, but of course... With the modern, uh, the modern influx of movies, we get the modern influx of many comic book TV shows. So, I mean, if you look back at some successful ones, there's obviously like 66 uh, Batman back in 1966. That was a pretty successful few seasons. Um, Lois and Clark, uh, that was a pretty successful 90s show. Smallville. Uh, ran for ten seasons. It's the longest running uh, television show in the in like the sci-fi. Uh, fiction categories. So I mean, like, there's definitely been uh, shows of these of these types in the past, um, but lately we've seen a huge influx of uh, shows. Like, the, we have The Walking Dead, we have Arrow, uh, Gotham, Constantine, Agents of Shield, and I mean, they all do uh, things differently. And and some things are good, some things are bad. I mean. What what's your favorite uh, comic book show that's on TV right now? Um, I I mean a lot. Of, I I mean I like you know I like Arrow. I like Gotham. Um, I haven't I haven't sat down and watched The Flash uh, yet. I, I was one of those people that growing up I really never watched a lot of the comic book shows. Like I still haven't watched Smallville to this day. What? Um, Lois and, yeah, I haven't watched. <laughs> I never watched Smallville. I haven't watched Smallville. So um, I was never a big Superman fan. Uh, I mean, Lois and Clark was around, uh, you know, I watched a bit of that, but um, I would say probably The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, that's, your, that's because, your favorite. Just because, you know, I like that genre. I, I really like zombies. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I know a little bit about the comic book, but not a whole lot. I'm, probably, I'm one of those people, you know, the show came out, I got into the comic book. Um, myself, personally... And I'll be the first to admit, and I've, I think I've admitted this before, is I've never really been a big comic book reader. I like graphic novels. So for me, um, a lot of my information on comic books has come from the movies. Like, X, all my information about X-Men has come from the movies. And, you know, a, a lot of my information from the Marvel characters has come from the movies and subsequent TV shows. But, uh, like, I, I, I didn't know anything about Arrow until I sat down and watched... The, the show, other than, you know, the fact that I knew there was a character of the Green Arrow. But, I mean, I didn't know any of his backstory. But, yeah, uh, Walking Dead is definitely my favorite. Um, next would probably be, be Arrow. 
and uh, Gotham. But Gotham. Uh, Gotham. I like Gotham. 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 I, I, Gotham. We'll talk about Gotham. In a That's just going to be something else altogether. Uh, let's actually... Uh, the Walking Dead, I think, is probably one uh, pretty probably anybody knows what that is now. It's It's the... The highest-rated show on television, by far. It gets the most views every week. Everyone's always looking for it. And, I mean, I don't know about you. Personally, I think it's successful in the fact that it's it's more of a drama than anything else. It, it details the the lives of these people and how they would react and survive in a world overrun by an apocalyptic event, right? Like, it's it's all about... It's all about Rick and his group and what, the, what they're doing to survive. And I think that makes that show interesting and successful in a way. It's not all about like let's kill zombies every every week kind of thing. So which which I think um, cuz like th- to look back on shows that are based on comic books from the past a lot of them aren't really, you know, the best shows. I mean, comic comic books and games have always gotten the bad uh, rep of being probably media that doesn't translate very well into a live-action form. So, I mean, we know there hasn't been a half-decent video game movie ever. And, um, I mean, the same thing goes with TV shows. I mean, probably one of the more more successful ones would be Smallville and uh, Lois and Clark. But in between all that, I can't really say, like, a comic book show has really risen to the heights that The Walking Dead or some of these have. So, I, I I, I think that's just because a lot of these shows have found people to back them and the popularity and the market. Well, and if you look at a show like, uh, like you're right, uh, comic books and graphic novels do not always translate. Like you could not take a show like The Walking Dead, you couldn't transcribe everything that's said in that comic and put it on TV. It just it would it would look stupid. It would. Um, but I think uh, you talk about Smallville as well, and it was successful. It had a really long a long run, but. Smallville was also very soap opera-y in a way, and it, it came out in a time uh, definitely targeted towards teens, not not so much adults, and and we've kind of moving away from that uh, sort of show and storytelling, and now I find the more modern comic book show, um, even ones that started out that way, like Arrow, for example, had a really rough first season. It started as like a... It was kind of soap opery. We had the love triangle crap and like the very pretty people in these in these roles, but it really morphed into a much better show over time. Whereas Smallville kind of was last decade. It was really had no competition on TV in terms of the the type of genre you were watching. So I, I personally found it very soap opera like, I guess you could say. And I think what I think what The Walking Dead really uh, does well is they take. Um, in, in at least in my opinion, they take the best parts of the comic, uh, move it around a little bit, and translate it into something that is original for that particular story. Because the story, the stories are not like the story. At least most of the stories are not based on the actual comic book, because there's there's certain things that have happened in the show. And uh, just one spoiler, um, I, I, I assume most people that are watching this have watched at least the first and second season of The Walking Dead. But uh, one, one thing that I've, like a lot of people who maybe what, have read the comics and stuff like that notice 
is that Shane actually dies at the end of the first comic. Um, and Carl actually kills him. But the scene in the show that is the exact same scene is in the first season when Shane is a little bit disgruntled. So it's he, in the second season, not the first, isn't it? No, this the scene that's actually in the comic book that's supposed to be the scene where Shane dies is in oh, the first oh, yes. scene. Sorry, sorry, yes. Um, it's, it's a scene that happens in the forest. Uh, Shane is a little disgruntled uh, for Rick to be back and, you know, because he has this whole relationship with Laurie and obviously, you know, Rick is his wife. And you see a scene where they're hunting and you see Shane point the gun towards Rick, almost hesitating whether he wants to kill him or not. Excuse me. And in the comic book, in that scene, Carl actually catches Shane and shoots him. And says, don't, don't point the gun at my dad or, or anything like that. It's been a while. But all I know is that at the end of the first comic, Shane is dead. Now, Shane didn't die until the end of the second season. Mainly because I believe it just needed that tension. So I'm glad they're taking liberties with the, with the characters. Uh, probably the biggest one is the governor. Because uh, the governor in the, in, the in the third and fourth seasons, uh, we find out his name. It's not actually the name of the governor in the uh, in the comic book. It's actually the name of the governor in one of the novels. So there is a novel written uh, that takes place before the events of the governor in the in the comic book, and we find out there was actually two guys who were who were called the governor. I don't not, I don't recall the names after, but anyway, uh, uh, Brian Blake. Sorry. Uh, Brian was actually the first guy who was named the governor, then he died, and then the governor, who is famous in the comic books, was the one that took over. So I'm glad that they're taking liberties. They're bringing in different scenes. Um, apparently him standing next to the tank was a big moment in the comic book, so I like that. Now, I know and you... I know... What's, what's that? Sorry, I was just going to say, I think your your whole your talk about how like they're, they're taking a different liberty, I think that a lot of that is an example of a... They don't want people that have read the books to know exactly what's going to happen, so it keeps people in suspense. But I think, B, it's another example of how things that happen on paper don't always translate well onto television, so they have to kind of rework it, change it up a bit, create different kind of storylines and arcs that, that will keep people hooked and, and, and watching. So Oh, exactly, because, I mean, one, one thing that's been said about uh, The Walking Dead is that it's, and, and anybody who's read the comic books, it is really outrageous. It is an outrageous uh, comic book. There's a lot of stuff that happens that really would not be able to happen on television. Um, I mean, the the show already pushes boundaries and lines and and stuff like that with with a lot of its content. There and, and there's certain characters that haven't been introduced just because they're one either too violent or two just would not work well. Um, the the villain that a lot of people want to see Negan. Who's a big villain in the show? Uh, there's or in the comic book story. There's a lot of people who are saying he's probably not going to be in the show, or he may be. Um, but he's pretty intense in the comic book, I got to say. But uh, um, I'm glad. You know, I mean, I'm happy the way that show is done. I mean, it's definitely the best example of uh, of a comic book translating very well into a show because they're doing it right. Honestly, I don't know about the other ones. I know you have some pretty uh, strong opinions on Gotham. Uh, I did. Uh, Gotham, I think, is a show that started out heavy-handed, and it it uh, it's it was basically like a huge Batman fan service. Like they wanted Batman on TV. Let's let's do Batman. Let's like my biggest complaints about Gotham were that 
and this was after the first few episodes, and I wasn't, I honestly, after the first few episodes, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep watching, but, like, my biggest complaints were, stop throwing all these Batman characters at us. Like, I don't need 37 Batman villains in the first four episodes of my, mm-hmm. of Gotham. Like, that's not really what it should be about. Um, and I felt that Bruce Wayne really shouldn't have been in it as much as he was, like, aside from, like, having the 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 Wayne murders um, tying into the main plot line. I think that was pretty cool, but I don't think Bruce Wayne should have been in it. However, I really do like the actor that plays him. And I think now that I now that we're further into the show, I'm I'm a little bit more open to him sticking around. But my biggest complaint is that the story wasn't really tight; like it, it was just unfocused and wavering. I thought the show would have done much better with a focus on Gordon and Bullock taking on uh, the corruption in the GP, GCPD and focusing a bit more on the mob side of things with Falcone and uh, uh, Maroni. So yeah, it. Um, However, uh, I mean, I kept watching, and of course, uh, honestly, the show's tightened up quite a bit. I'm quite impressed. Um, I, I don't think it's as good as it could be, but I think it is a decent show. Like, I'm quite happy with where it's going. Um, I do have a lot of friends that talk about it and say, like, you know, they don't care to watch it because they already know where these characters end up, so what what, what we're seeing doesn't really matter, and I, I guess that is a valid argument for some people. I, I mean, I don't mind the back history, but... But yeah, that's uh, that's a criticism that I had from outside of uh, of myself on that particular show. Well, talking about the feedback that we've gotten from uh, from some of the people that we asked online, um, I think a lot of people, um, and I, and I share their same viewpoint, is they don't mind these comic book shows as long as you know they stay true to their source material. Um, a lot of people don't really care if they waver a little bit and you know take some liberties, because like you said earlier, like. Um, like, a lot of people don't want to see what they already know. Um, I'll use uh, Re- the Resident Evil movies as an example, uh, kind of a bad example because the Resident Evil movies are kind of out to lunch in some in some respects. But one of the things they did with the Resident Evil movies is they changed them to not be the same thing because everybody knew what was going to happen anyway. So now that's another story altogether. But I like some I like some of the liberties they've taken. Uh, the cool thing with Gotham is it's not really based on one specific uh, like comic book or graphic novel. It's based on material. So they're mishmashing a lot of different material into one, and you know they're creating their own characters. They're creating. I, I mean, um, the spirit of the goat was one of them. I did some research on that, and I think that was a made for that show villain. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one thing too, like with especially with comic book TV shows or movies, that people need to understand is that like these are just someone else's take. It's no different than like a comic book writer taking over and putting his stamp on a character, rewriting a character, rebooting it. That's what these shows and 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 even the movies are all about, which which is what makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, and uh, I mean, me personally, you know, I have you know, I have certain. You know, I, don't, I really don't have much criticism behind these shows because, uh, like I said, I'm kind of a bad person to talk to when it comes to this because I can't look back and say, oh, yeah, I read uh, X-Men for, for years or, or, I, or I read, uh, you know, I read, you know, the Avengers or all that for years and, you know, I can't believe what they're doing with this and I really like that because I don't have any basis. So I, I'm looking at this as the, the only real character I have basis on is Batman. And uh, you know, I, I think they're doing well with 
with uh, you know Batman, and uh, I will agree with you. The first I, I talked to a lot of people about Arrow. I loved the first season of Arrow, but it was kind of campy, kind of cheesy. And then the second season just completely blew me away. Um, they they tightened everything up. They uh, got uh, I think definitely got some better writers because I mean the writing in the second season was just absolutely amazing, and the characters were spot on. I mean. Um, it's like uh, it's like um, Oliver just changed from like overnight to a really cool character, and then they brought in the villain of Deathstroke, and he was just like spot on. He was perfect. Yeah. So. And I think Arrow is a good example of a show that uh, Arrow and Agents of Shield, I think, are both good examples of shows that that started off a bit rocky in their first seasons for for different reasons, and. Um, managed to tighten up and change their tune. Like, uh, Arrow Season 2, in my opinion, is the is an example of almost perfect television in terms of, like, what this genre is. Not that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not, like, Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead or The Supreme... Like, it's not... That's not what I mean by perfect TV, but, like, in terms of the comic book genre, uh, I think they did a, an amazing job of introducing these arcs, these characters, juggling them all, connecting them and then resolving it at the end like it just it was it never missed a beat in season 2 whereas season 1 was all about finding finding footing and i mean to talk about agents of shield in the same vein is uh i mean agents of shield had a very rocky start to the first season the first half of season 1 is very up and down but when you get into the second half of the first season it really tightens down and and Especially because uh, it ties into the events of the of the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe, you get that whole tie into Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which just really tightened down the first season and made made the second half of it excellent. It was excellent on the in the second half, but it really needed to find its footing. And now in season two, it's really standing on its own. So I and I think it's it's an example. Those two shows are good examples of of. Uh, comic book television that, you know, started off rocky, that figured out what they were doing wrong, and fixed it, basically, so... And, and you know, The Walking Dead went through a very similar, um, a similar type of thing. I mean, the first season of The Walking Dead, really, really good. Uh, the second season, not really good until maybe, like, the, the, the last quarter of the second half, uh, or, like, the final quarter of the second half is when it really got really good. Um, but you have to understand, and I say this to a lot of people when I have this discussion about The Walking Dead, is that one, season one, you were just introduced to everything. You were introduced to the world, you were introduced to the characters. There wasn't a whole lot of character building in season one because it was only um, like six or eight episodes. So the second season, it gave the time then to start learning more and more about the characters, um, put them into a setting where we were able to do that. And so the second season was really the character building. And then by the third season, you know, you're starting to, you know, get to know these characters even more. You're starting to relate to them. To me, season four is, to right now, the best season of the show because you you finish off the conflict with the governor beautifully, um, I might add. And then you have this the terminus uh, part of the second half. And then they clued that up. Right out, right at the beginning of the fifth season. So I think I think another good example is is the fourth season of The Walking Dead. Like it just it just like you said uh, about season two of Arrow. It it in that genre, 
those two seasons of TV shows like are my my favorite right now because they did it so well. But uh, I think I think the next question is, do you think there's too many? Well, that's interesting too because I mean, before this year, we had the worst part is The Walking Dead. I think a lot of people don't classify as comic book television because I mean when it first came out, it was just so different. It, it had a high budget, high production value. It was almost like watching a movie on TV, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, However, I mean, The Walking Dead, Arrow, those were really the only two big ones that were on TV, and then we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiere last year, but then this year we got The Flash came in, Constantine, Gotham, those three shows picked up. We have Agent Carter, which is a miniseries tying into Agent Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. starting in January. It's got to run for eight episodes. And then, of course, we have the Netflix deal coming where Marvel's going to have um, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, uh, the Defenders, like, and that's all going to be thrown at us. And, and the Netflix one is going to be even more interesting because it's going to be... Netflix original programming, so bam, here's all 13 episodes of season one, go, binge watch, here you go, you're not waiting week after week, so um, on one hand, I think it's really great that we live in an age where we can experience this and get all this content thrown at us, especially for like someone like us who who is into this side of the culture, and, and it's great to introduce people who are not, um, but you really do have to wonder with so many movies and so many television shows, is it just going to get too big and then collapse on itself like some sort of super fad? Like, you know... I think what's happening is... Because, um, is, I mean, even AMC is working on a couple of ones. The one that comes to mind right now is Preacher. Um, mm-hmm. It's a graphic novel, mature graphic novel, that I'm pretty interested uh, to see come to life. Um, I think we live in an age right now where the people who are doing this are the people that grew up reading these things and some of them even contributing to it late, like later on in their lives, you know, in their 20s and 30s. Um, I mean, I, I look at J.J. Abrams, for example, as somebody who grew up loving Star Wars and Star Trek that he got to the point where he was able to become a filmmaker and start making these things and that he's a fan. He's not somebody hired to do a job. He Well, he is, but... He's a fan first, and then a an employee later on. So I think the people that are doing these shows not only are either the creators, because in, in the case of The Walking Dead, you know Robert Kirkman is an executive producer, um, are the, either the creators or they're huge fans of the of this material. So I think in today's world we can appreciate these shows and these movies a lot more because the people who are doing them are taking care of the material. Whereas before, in an example of the old Superman movies when the Salkinds did it, um, I, I think I got the pronunciation of their names right, these guys were just hired to do it. Now, they did have, they did a pretty good job of the original Superman movies, but I mean, there was still, you know, the, the cheese and, and stuff like that. And I mean, even looking back on it, um, like even looking back on the old Tim Burton Batman movies, I mean, I think if you were looking at Batman, uh, the the Nolan films are probably a lot more true to what Batman would be, at least in my opinion, than the Tim Burton films. The Tim Burton films, you know, goth, 
kind of really outrageous, and then you just get the other ones. Um, I think people take more care with the material now than they did before because they know the world pretty much revolves around, you know, geek culture now. So I don't want to step on your Batman toes because there was so much... I really want to disagree with there, but and that that's not. Oh, I'm so. I'm I'm assuming that you will disagree with a lot. But. Um, I think we live in a different time where, uh, like for example, the Burton Batman films were a product of how the comics were written at the time, whereas the Nolan universe really brought in the idea of a gritty, rebooted, like a gritty, realistic superhero film, and that's what we see now. Um, now DC obviously does it a little bit more seriously than Marvel. Marvel has a lot of fun with it, but you when you watch the Marvel movies, it's not like yes, it's fantastical. But like when you watched Iron Man, it was like, you know, it's possible that I think it's possible that a billionaire can build a, you know, a super uh, suit like that and and you know whatever. So I mean, and I think even with the television shows like uh, Smallville, for example, was a product of its time. It was a teen drama targeted towards, you know, teens, and it didn't really entirely shake that vibe. Whereas now, like, these shows are accessible to everybody. Like, you know, Arrow is accessible to everybody. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is accessible to anybody. Like, you know, uh even the more fantastic, like The Flash, uh, fantastically done so far, uh, and I think that's a lot of uh, a lot of the reason why The Flash is so good so far is because uh, they have the Arrow pedigree behind it. They, those guys learn from their mistakes, so they're starting things right with The Flash. And I mean, the ratings show people want to watch it. I mean, it's it's about a superhero who has superpowers, but it's accessible to anyone. Anyone can relate to it and watch it and and be entertained. So. I think that's the difference in what we're seeing now in in the shows and the movies is they're they're just anybody can pick them up, watch them, and, and be entertained by them for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, I mean, I know people who watch The Walking Dead who never. I mean, they're worse than me. They. I like. Is that our guest speaker for the? Our our, our guest speaker is uh, my cat. <laughs> Thanks for jumping in the frame there, Rain. Um, but yeah, I think I, I really think you, like what you said there is accessible to a lot of people. I know people who who are worse than me. They've never picked up a comic or a graphic novel their entire life, yet they'll sit down and watch The Walking Dead, and it's their best and sh- favorite show ever. And they'll sit down and watch a Marvel movie, and it's absolutely amazing. But and they'll they'll never ever pick up a comic book or a graphic novel or maybe even buy an action figure. Yet they'll buy these these seasons and these movies because it, they're so good. I mean, anybody can sit down and watch the Avengers now and not know a thing about the history because you don't have to because it's accessible to everybody. That then that's where, like I said, care comes in. Like you have people like Joss Whedon doing the Avengers and then saying, all right, I'm going to be a consultant on anything that has to do with this. And uh, I, uh, you know, I got to give props to John Favreau, who pretty much initiated the MCU with uh, Iron Man 1. So, I mean, he was somebody who took care. He, he, he was a fan, and he, and he took it upon himself to make a really good movie and, and spawned an entire universe. And I think I think maybe the last thing we should probably touch on is uh, the difference between how DC and Marvel is approaching, you know, their television and and 
movie universes. Like, uh, oh, excuse me. If you look at Marvel, they've created this huge brand of movies. It's 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 a universe that they've. It's all interconnected, and Agents of Shield is very much a part of that. Now you can watch Agents of Shield without having watched the Marvel movies, and you'd probably be okay. Um, and vice versa, you can watch the movies without having watched the show, but to have that complete package is very ambitious. We have never seen that on television before. Um, whereas DC, instead of tying everything together, because they haven't quite built their film universe yet, it's they're in the process of it, and hey, whatever, that's fine. But even they've come out and said, like, you know, this is a multiverse, that's how we're treating it, and, and like it very much like how the comics have multiverses, where there's different... Uh, worlds that have the that are kind of copies of one another that have variations on the on these characters. That's very much how they're treating their TV and film universe. Like, and that's why we're gonna have a Flash TV show and a Flash movie. Um, you know, same character but two different two different universes. And I mean, DC's doing a bit of the shared stuff. Arrow and the Flash are all part of the same uh, the same group. They're even gonna do an ambitious crossover set of episodes uh, soon enough, which is really cool. So I mean. It's very interesting to see how the two companies are both uh, approaching these things, I suppose. Well, Marvel, Marvel even did the same thing um, with the character of Quicksilver. So Quicksilver appears in Days of Future Past, but he's also appearing in the Avengers completely separate of one another. But it's not... I don't think, it's, I don't think that's the same as DC. Like, it's, you know, that's Fox has the rights to use Quicksilver as a mutant, whereas Marvel... I think they called them miracles or something. They're probably going to do something totally different. The rumor is they're going to rewrite them as the Inhumans, um, but that's a whole other a whole other ball game. I don't think it's the same thing as whereas DC owns all their characters and they're able to kind of put them all out on different networks and stuff. Whereas Marvel, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You know. You know what? You know what? Go to hell, Steve. Go to hell. <laughs> no, I, I. I mean, I think. Uh, I think this is an age now. Where um, fandom and anything geek nerdy is is a lot more accepted than what it has been. Um, I mean, I absolutely love this because now other things that I love, like Star Wars being the main example, is doing the same thing that a lot of these are doing. They're taking cues from the Marvel universe, uh, mainly because it's Disney. Um, so I mean, at the end of the day, we can probably thank Disney for all of this. But you know, now Star Wars is tying not only movies but now TV shows and other forms of media into this one huge universe. So, I mean, I'm really excited to see um, what's coming up. I mean, we we have our Marvel lineup between now and, what is it, 2020 or something like that? 2019, yeah. 2019. Um, DC, not so much, but um, I think uh, DC is taking its time and building its its universe. I don't think I don't think DC will ever get to the the level that Marvel is at, but you know, I uh, think the next few movies that uh, DC is going to do are going to be really, really cool. And as well, I'd, I, as well as anything TV related, because I mean, at the end of the day, a lot more people watch television nowadays, and I know, I know people that don't even go to movies anymore, but they just wait for it to come out. But they'll watch TV. True, yeah. I mean, I think I'll it's... I think DC is doing things differently, and I think that's important. I think they need to differentiate themselves in a few ways. So, but yeah, I agree. I mean, what I find interesting is that uh, I think DC's already always had the upper hand in terms of uh, TV and animated features, whereas 
Marvel's definitely had the upper hand uh, in the in the live action movie setting. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, but uh, yeah, any, anybody watching this, you know, we got a lot to look forward to. If you are a fan of this type of media, you know, we got a lot coming. Uh, more TV shows, more you know, more movies, more different types of media, and and that's the cool thing. In today's world, we have so much around us that um, that can uh, be brought into this now. Like so many ways we can experience, and I think uh, so far they're doing a pretty good job. Do you have anything else to add, Jason? No, I'm pretty much. I've said. I've said my piece. I've said my piece about things. Cool, guys. Uh, so once again, um, thanks for anybody who uh, commented on any of the shares. Uh, sorry I didn't get to specifically point out your comments, but like I said, Facebook was being a bit of a twat, and I couldn't actually get it. But from reading the past comments, um, I know a couple guys, uh, Jeff and Jordan, made a couple comments on some of our posts, and the consensus I get from those guys is as long as you know these people are true to the source material and doing a good job and keep you know the writing fresh and and exciting, you know, these guys are going to stick with uh, these shows because, you know, we all love it. We, we, we love these shows, and uh, we're going to see a lot more and a lot more movies. So thanks for tuning in to this special edition, guys. Uh, thanks to our little guest who uh, likes to walk around in front of the camera. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing one of these uh, probably maybe once a month. Maybe we don't really know, but... Uh, Every now and again, you're going to see a new discussion video. So thanks for geeking out with us, guys, and uh, stay tuned or uh, tune in on Tuesday for our top six at six.